This call is being recorded. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns your first listen day in, day out. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, here for your post-game show, a difficult, difficult Monday night. Browns on the wrong end, 16-14, 18 down. Um, a lot of the recipes you look to get a victory in a situation like that, some things didn't come to fruition that the Browns needed last evening, which, of course, you know, leads to a uh, not-so-happy-on-victory Tuesday episode of Locked On Browns. Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated. Along for the ride, Pete, for as down as this team was, um, you know, whether it was injuries, certainly the amount of COVID. And if you weren't under, you know, if you weren't watching, my God, yeah, they did mention about 575 times just how depleted the Browns were yesterday. But for the most part, Pete, the effort that was given by those who did wear the uniform of the Cleveland Browns yesterday, it was it was inspiring. These guys gave all they had. Right. Look, I mean. If the Browns laid down and died, nobody would have blamed them. Uh, the fact of the matter is they they approached the game like they never had a doubt they were going to win, which, I, you know, credit to the messaging both from the head coach who was out with COVID and many of the players who were also out with COVID. They embraced that next man up mentality to the bitter end and, you know, I don't know how many people really believe they had a chance to win, but by the end they had convinced any skeptic that they not only could have won, but should have won, which given the circumstances is, is pretty good. It doesn't change the fact that the game was uh, frustrating to lose, but this is one of those where it would have been much easier to lose by 30 than it was to lose by one. There's no question there. And, you know, you look at the effort that was given, and obviously you have to start here with, you know, Nick Mullins. It, it started slow. Um, and I think after halftime, I think, you know, maybe, you know, Nick Mullins got his feet back with, you know, under him. You know, been a long, long time since Nick Mullins has played an NFL game. Uh, they were able to find out some things, you know, that were, you know, at least working. And we'll get to, um, you know, the, the final drive that didn't pan out. We'll get to that here in a little bit because I do have some questions about that one here. Um, Pete, but, you know, we saw some drastic differences. Obviously, um, this is it's funny for anybody who's been with Lockdown Browns for a long time. Uh, Pete and I have talked a ton about, you know, would you ever consider, um, you know, playing Joel Batonio at left tackle? And it's not that Joel couldn't do it. It's just that, you know, when you're one of the top two or three left guards in the entire league, there really is no sense to move you. Last night, had no choice, put him out there, certainly was capable. I think this was important, you know, with all the questions about the Browns' offensive line, not one sack. So you had that. Took a while to get the running game going, and maybe it shouldn't have. Um, Maybe it should have been a little easier. Um, So we can talk a little Nick Mullins here, obviously. And I think one of the things that was more difficult, the most difficult, and which probably, you know, kept this game from the Browns getting their footing early was, you know, if you want to call it a PBU, you want to call it a drop. Either way, you talk to Donovan Peoples-Jones. He felt, I'm sure he felt, he should have made that catch. Yeah, I mean, the whole first half, it it felt like uh, Nick Mullins was essentially making up for all the practices he didn't get. It it just, it looked uncomfortable. I mean, there were a couple times he he just seemed to stumble uh, moving around. 
And on that particular throw, he got very little on it. Uh, you know, a situation where, you know, if Baker Mayfield's making that throw, the ball is there much faster and hopefully uh, – DPJ is now gaining yards. The fact that he had to wait on it certainly was problematic, and it allowed the DB to make a play on it. Now, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones would tell you he should have grabbed it and kept it and all that. It was a huge play. In a, in a game where explosive plays in the passing game were going to be at a premium, it felt like that was one where I don't want to say it was heartbreaking, but certainly deflating early that 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 was there to be had and they couldn't capitalize. Certainly, um, and at the point you needed it, you needed to you know get the defense away from the line of scrimmage, away from the box. Um, you needed it for momentum's sake, and when you're building up all of these things, you know where you need to have, you know, to pull something off like they were looking to pull off last night. Certainly, you know, you needed extra, not just enough. Um, you, you needed extra last night. Um, but they did a point at a point, get it going, Pete. Um, you know, and obviously you would you know, put out a tweet before the game about, you know, if you're going to play Batonio at left tackle, psh, let's just run left. Eventually that light kind of went on. Um, it didn't go on to the most crucial point of the game, but eventually it went on. And there you were in a situation where it was, you know, third and goal from the six, uh, looking around in your huddle. What's the best option we got? Best option we got is number 24. Once 24, he was able to get it done after what was a phenomenal catch by David Njoku and just a hair, hair away from actually being a touchdown. You go back, you go to Nick Chubb, you get the crowd back into it. You get the confidence level of everybody on the team up a little bit. Like, all right, we can do this. We can actually score. We're going to get some points on this board. Gave everybody a little bit more life to go out and compete for that last 21, 22 minutes. Yeah, I mean, look – so much of this was about missed opportunities, uh, not getting not getting the Chase McLaughlin field goal at the end of the half was brutal. It was like the one t- – you know, the, the, it took – like I said, it took seemingly Nick Mullins about a half to get situated in that last drive before the half. He's able to start getting something going, and, and they, they – if they make that field goal, that would have been a great, great drive. Uh, given the situation, they had done basically nothing and they were going to do enough to get a field goal uh, to make that 10-3 and he misses it. Deflating, uh, just that was sort of the tale of the game. I mean, they had a major opportunity on every phase of the game, whether it was offense, defense, or special teams, they didn't get. So as much as, you know, there's absolutely a feeling that if the Browns had all their guys, the Browns win by about three touchdowns. Um, They had... You know, they they did have opportunities. They just didn't make and were still in position to win. I mean, between, as I said, you know, they missed the field goal. They they had opportunities on offense. They had opportunities on defense. And they had one of each in the last two minutes of the game they weren't able to capitalize on. And if they had gotten just one of them, that may have been enough to win the game. I do want to get to um, now just, you know, the, the second scoring drive. And I think Mullins did a great job of <clears throat> extending and, you know, drifting enough left to create the passing window that he did to hit Harrison Bryant. Overall, that was a pretty solid you know, drive within itself by Nick Mullins. Al, you get the lead, you get 14, 13. You get the opportunity, Pete. You get the interception from Greedy Williams. You now got the ball back. Um, your bread and butter. My only thing, and look, you know, I, I have no problem putting the game in the hands of Nick Chubb. 
But I do think I would have, with the opportunity and the way Mullins have been playing, and the one thing we didn't see Nick do the entire night, and look, Nick Mullins is by no means, you know, going to be considered a mobile quarterback. But maybe something where, you know, you clear everything out with some nine routes, run some outs, or, you know, have a running back run a Texas route, create an opportunity where he can either throw it, hopefully for the first down, or, you know, find a way to clunk his way for three and a half yards. Yeah, I mean, look, it's another situation because of the, the issues they had in the first half. It seemed like it was just a, a a difficult process. I think it took a little bit for Michael Dunn to get situated. Uh, and there were just plays where like an individual blocker was getting beat, and that certainly didn't help. It, it be, Between how Nick runs and then how the Raiders are sort of playing it, they kept sending uh, Jonathan Abram as sort of a – basically a cutback blitz guy, like just to literally take back cut, uh, cut back lanes. Cut back if, responsibility. If like, if you have Kareem hunt in his sort of just unabashed, you know, borderline reckless style where he's going to slam into the wall as hard as he can and try to get what, like that would have been, this is, this is the type of team where that would have been really successful. He just sort of slammed his way through and Nick Chubb doesn't have that sort of, instinct i mean it's not to say he won't put his foot in the ground and, and get what he can it's just he's always going to try to sort of let it play out and that sort of hurt them early and then the, the response the browns had was essentially they they ran a whole lot of buck sweeps put as many guys in front of him as possible and just let him go forward and try to create as he could and that led to a couple of big plays in the second half which is really where he did most of his damage the combination of having some semblance of the passing game to at least keep them honest, enable the running game to sort of do enough to present some type of threat. It was, it was there. Um, And, you know, to keep it, you know, to get it to, you know, the final score, 16, 14, um, 14 is certainly a tough number to win with in the NFL. And we'll get to the defensive side here. And, you know, again, I can see there's folks been out there trying to criticize Joe Woods, which I guess, whatever, uh, you people are never, ever going to get off of that one, which is fine, whatever. You know, again, you know, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt may run into brick walls trying to uh, get things done. I'm certainly not. If you think that was a problem last night, folks, you certainly uh, need to be watching something else. We'll get to the defensive side of the ball here. You're locked on Browns. Post game show, P. Smith from Sports Illustrated, along for the ride. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of all, power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or for all phones networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Defensive side, Pete, and, you know, this is where, you know, you were kind of hamstrung. We saw players, you know, last night play 
that we certainly have not seen on the field in a while, Javante Moffitt, uh, LeCount being another one. Uh, then you go through a scenario where you lose Tack McKinley. Miles Garrett obviously was not 100% by the end. Looked like maybe it was his right groin, something of that nature that was bothering him. Certainly didn't have the electricity coming off the line at the end of the game. Joe Jackson, Porter Gustin, Sheldon Day was a little pain in the butt for a lot of the day. Um, and for again, for people trying to put it on Joe Woods, you held this team to 16 points. You, in essence, did your job. You held him to one touchdown and three field goals. You can't ask for much more, certainly with what he had out there. Um, and again, straight at the cornerback position. You get a huge play from Greedy Williams. Um, you get a fumble recovery. You get some unfortunate – I mean, you get some fortunate plays where, you know, Hunter Renfro, who's normally just an absolute pain in the butt, uh, had trouble fielding punts. Um, you know, there were times where he wasn't found. This is a guy I was really nervous about and thought he was really going to be able to slice and dice this defense. But the effort from everybody that was out there, again, I mean, they did a really, really solid job. Um, did not maybe take advantage of this Raiders' offensive line and their you know, weaknesses with uh, pass pro. Uh, but they did. They played hard. And, you know, if you're Joe Woods, you're happy about it. Um, we got to see players play that, you know, we're not used to necessarily seeing, um, you know, Malcolm Smith, uh, JOK playing together. Um, and again, you know, defensive line, we saw some different players, you know, certainly Greedy Williams, big opportunity for him on that route. Just uh, guys getting it done, doing everything that was asked of them in a really, really tough situation. And, you know, the Raiders, it, 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 nothing they did impressed you. Nothing was over the top. Um, but, um, you know, fortunately for them, they were able to, you know, find a way to, you know, get themselves into that opportunity for that last field goal to make a difference. Yeah, look, Joe Woods, he did the, exactly what they needed him to do, which was keep them in the game. Uh, and, 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 again, he sticks to what he does. He's not tweaking a whole lot. And – uh, you know, he, he, he's got so many young players. And in this case, young players who aren't even on the field much. So they're not going to like try to reinvent the wheel or anything like that. They run quarters, they run cover three, they run cover one. That's basically the playbook. And they did enough to not only just sort of prevent getting gashed, they created two turnovers and gave the offense every opportunity it could get. Now, that doesn't mean they were perfect. I mean, the game came down to, in large part, you can make it come down to the one play uh, with 29 seconds left where they dump it off to Foster Moreau going to the right, and Denzel Ward and J.O.K. are, are there trying to converge on him. And if they tackle him in bounds, the Raiders have no timeouts. They have to sprint up, spike it, and then potentially maybe get one more play before they set up a Hail Mary. They would have been about the 50-yard line. They don't make that tackle. Foster Moreau goes about five more yards and gets out of bounds, and they get to set up sort of leisurely set up their field goal opportunity. I mean, that's it, – it's, you, you know, in the same way that you, you don't want to put this all on Chase McLaughlin, even though his one job is to make kicks. Like that play, they win the game if they make it, and I'm going to bet on Denzel Ward and JOK to make that play. They just didn't in this situation. And it's not a Joe Woods thing. It's, uh, you know, that is, you know, everybody wants to point something out or something of that nature. That comes out of execution. Um, and certainly you never thought we'd see a time where, you know, Denzel, who at times, one of his own faults is maybe uh, believing he's bigger than he is and, you know, trying to maybe, you know, put his body on the line when he shouldn't 
and JOK. And it also seemed like it was one of those, oh, you got him. Oh, wait, uh, uh, you thought I had him. And it, it was it, defensively, yeah, that was crucial. Certainly doesn't come down to the defensive coordinator. Comes down to execution um, and the you know emphasis. Obviously, I I can't even stress this any more than that. I I don't know what either player was thinking in that scenario, because the most important thing in the Browns' pocket at that time was the clock and was the fact that the Raiders did not have a timeout to use um, because they were graciously given some timeouts, um, whether it was their false start situation or delay game situation. But that and, and it's tough because, you know, these are two players and, you know, when we're going to go through the long list of accolades and congratulations to Denzel Ward and four others for making the Pro Bowl, when you get into that situation, those are probably two guys, Pete, of everybody that was on that field list. Like, you wouldn't have expected that from. Yeah, I mean, look, if you, if you were going to come into this game saying that like, – if if one of your five pro bowlers is left to make a play that would have won the game, you would have been on them every time. I mean, that is the nature of the beast. You want, you, you want to have your top players in position to make the play to win the game. That's all you can really ask for. And, and it's not to say that, and, and, and we watched Denzel Ward make this exact, not, not the exact circumstance, but make this exact play an open field tackle to beat the Baltimore Ravens. So certainly you're going to bet on him to do it again. Yep. He didn't make the play. And again, you know, it's one that, that just happens to be the one play you can really focus on because it happened on the final drive, but the Browns had little room for error and, and they, they used it all up and, and gave up the last field goal, unfortunately. Tough, just, you know, tough, tough situation. Um, before we flip it up here and, you know, we'll go to, uh, you know, where things are right now and where things stand. And obviously, you know, it's going to certainly probably going to take a miracle at this point for you Cleveland Browns folks. Um, Pete, of all the, you know, also Rans, all the guys nobody was expecting to see yesterday. Anybody catch the eyes? Um, well, I mean, Sheldon Day is the one where, you know, he was a guy I thought, in the preseason with somebody that needed to play. Um, and, and he, he showed up well, and, and it, look, the Raiders offensive line isn't good. So maybe his showcasing in that particular uh, light wasn't that big of a deal. And, and I had certain frustrations with uh, pass rush responsibility in terms of gaps. Um, it seemed like there were a number of plays where the Browns sort of opened up running lanes for Derek Carr to sort of scramble, scramble around that, that, uh, created problems they they shouldn't really have if they were doing it a better job with it uh you know Javante Moffitt had yep. had some nice plays uh certainly the one by the goal line where he uh you know he he Derek Carr's trying to you know sees nobody tries to run forward and Javante I thought it was JOK initially because of how fast he was and, yep. and 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 how aggressive he was the ball before I realized it was Moffitt. Um, so this is the thing, like you know, MJ Stewart obviously got picked on quite a bit, but I like MJ Stewart. I just think he's in a tough spot. He's not Troy Hill. Certainly, that was a tough spot, and he's rotating between a couple different spots within the defense in the game. So uh, th- this is sort of like the thing with my overall impression of this team is like. Yes, the Browns have certain holes they have to fill. You know, wide receiver, defensive tackle stand out as areas they need to address. 
but the overall depth on this team is pretty good. I mean, the fact is that you lost, we're down six major contributors on defense heading into this game, including Jadevian Clowney, uh, Greg Newsom, Troy Hill, Grant Delpit, Ronnie Harrison, and Malik McDowell. And you had a pretty good product. Now, some of that may not speak terribly well on some of those guys like Malik McDowell, that there wasn't that much of a drop off, but overall it suggested the Browns have enough guys to get the job done and that they teach the scheme well enough. They can get guys in there and they have enough guys that are defense. That's friendly enough to players that allows them to uh, get in there and create. Yeah, it was, I mean, the, it's a shame, obviously you just come down to it. It was a shame just the way it unfolded, the way it ended because it was a team that you know, gave everything they had in difficult, difficult circumstances, certainly, you know, outmanned. Um, but yet yeah, to see a player like Javante Moffitt, um, you know, knowing that there's, you know, a pending free agent safety on this team and whether or not, you know, he's going to come back, whether or not, you know, they'll be able to find a way to make that work. Um, you know, the count got in there, made a play, but it was kind of interesting that Javante Moffitt seemed to have his number called more than uh, the rookie Richard LeCount in that situation. But Javante Moffitt's been here for a while. Just a guy kind of biding and waiting for his opportunity. Um, Herb Miller, I thought, played really, really well on special teams. You know, here's a guy, certainly, you know, not somebody that's normally in the fold for your Browns. Uh, we're going to get back here. We're going to talk a little bit about, obviously, where uh, Browns currently are uh, as are, you know, hopefully reinforcements are on the way. And then facing a extremely, extremely tall task, Christmas Day, Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. The holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy, so many flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have a raspberry or a mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you the extra something you need to keep going. Just throw it in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because it's a season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. Are you friends with Santa? Well, if you are, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bite of that Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice, melty Bilt Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Bilt Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good. You won't believe that you're filled with protein. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Bet Online has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit uh, using the promo code locked on, all caps. No space to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, 
Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Sitting now, Pete, in last place in the AFC North, and that's how crazy last night could have been. Could have been first place in the AFC North or with losing. Browns are back in the cellar at 7-7. Seven and seven. Steelers 7-6-1. Seven, and one. Cincinnati Bengals, Baltimore Ravens 8-6. and six. Ravens and Bengals play this week. Well, no idea where the status is of Lamar Jackson. But I guess if you're rooting here, Pete, you would be rooting for the Bengals to win as the Bengals do. I mean, as the Browns do have the opportunity of facing the Cincinnati Bengals in week 17. But talk about tall tasks. Um, a team that's starting to get healthy now in the Green Bay Packers, getting players back into the fold looking like um, – Jairi Alexander, um, like David Bakhtiari, and for a team that's played as well, already clinched the NFC North. Depending on, you know, who you can get back, and hopefully for the Browns, they can get a boatload of them back. Um, Who knows? Maybe they come back rested. Maybe that could be some sort of an advantage. But Pete, a huge, huge task ahead of this team on Christmas Day. Look, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Packers are – as good of a team playing right now as they're in the league. I mean, they are, they are, if you're just going on where teams are, are at right this second, they're probably the, the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so on that part, it's pretty daunting for the Browns, given what where they are. On the other hand, it's sort of an exciting opportunity. And look, there, there, any number of people are going to be disappointed with how this season went. The Browns could lose this game and still win the division, which is insane to think. But <laughs> for the moment, the goal for the Browns is to go out and compete. And if if the Browns, with the defense they've been playing, and they get their guys back, obviously, uh, this is the sort of the ultimate matchup that they've been waiting for. Because the Browns, obviously, in the first part of the year, they 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 got beat up by the Chiefs, relatively. Uh, they got eaten up by the, the the Cardinals, the Chargers, and then they got run over by the Patriots. Like, the Packers are the most balanced, um, most capable of attacking in all facets of the game. Like, this is sort of the 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 final exam of this, of this Joe Woods defense for this year. Um, you know, not having the ample amount of time you'd want hurts. They're, they're obviously a, a day shorter in preparation, which isn't great. But in terms of what are you hoping to prove, this is sort of the ultimate test. And then defensively, the Packers have a lot of talent, but they are incredibly inconsistent with their performance. They do a lot of basically dumb shit um, that allows teams, and obviously including um, the Ravens this past week, to give them chances to win. Uh, They don't. They have you know like Jerry Alexander is phenomenal. I expect you know if he's not already back, he's probably going to be back just in time for the Browns. They have a lot, a lot of great players and yet they give up some bizarre plays and explode, particularly explosive plays. Like the thing that you can sort of track with the Browns is their ability to sort of stop explosive plays relatively, uh, you know, like against the Ravens, they get, I think four explosive passing plays the entire game. It felt like against the Packers, the, the Ravens had four explosive passing plays in about the first quarter. Uh, so there are, Spots to be exploited. 
Um, is that going to be enough given the limitations the Browns have at, at things like wide receiver? It's difficult to say just the sheer amount of talent the, the Packers have on the back end could be overwhelming, but you know, it, 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 the Browns are trying to prove themselves as a team that is going to be a contender, not only for this year, but for next year. And, you know, this is the, 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 the last team that sort of remains on their schedule that really has a shot to sort of show them what a potential Super Bowl team looks like. So as, 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 as daunting as it is to have this as a game, it's also a good, interesting measuring stick. If you're a person who sort of looked at this and goes, well, this season's a wash or whatever, you're probably going to hate this game. If you're somebody who's looking at this team going, yeah, I get it, man. The injuries have been rough. They've had some really bad luck and, and, and certain things just haven't worked. You're also looking at this as where has this team grown in the past half of the season or, or where are we compared to the start of the season and it's an opportunity for them to really make a statement. So it's not the matchup you want in terms of getting an easy win or, 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 or getting right into playoffs. But the Browns get an opportunity. If they do win this game, it's massive. If they look good, it's nice in terms of building confidence as much as people are not interested in moral victories, which I, I, I get. But <laughs> you're trying to set a tone not only for the re- the, the remaining two games – but for the, the the remainder of the year, you know, and the challenge with this obviously is that you, you probably lost tech for the season and, and maybe not back next year. I, you know, it's a, an awful situation. And, and what's the story with miles Garrett? Are we going to be in a situation where uh, he is hampered the rest of the year? You know, these are all challenges, but like, you know, if, if you're, sort of moving on to next year, fine. Then it's a freebie. You get your shot. You're going to, you're going to do what you can. If not, then you're probably going to be disappointed. I, I, as much as I, you know, I, I look at this team and I, and I look at games like last night and I think it sucks that they lost. I, I sort of like the overall trend of where this team is going. Um, and that's why I'm sort of interested to see how they can do against the Packers team. That's just really, really good. Uh, as far as the Packers, I, uh, you know, one thing I wonder is this team go in and, you know, into this game, maybe we're, you know, not feeling the pressure they felt the last couple of weeks. Cause now, um, you know, the, the road to maybe playing playoff games is, you know, a little bit cloudier than it was going into this game. So you do think maybe you can kind of go in there with a, you know, you know, just a mentality of, Hey, you know, we're not supposed to win this anyway. So maybe we can play a little more free, a little more loose. Certainly, you know, injuries are going to, you know, play a factor. Tack McKinley kind of get maybe a little bit of Olivier Vernon type of vibe and we'll see exactly what, you know, the final diagnosis is for Tack McKinley. Uh, you're certainly hoping you're going to get some people back. Joe Batonio, not only did Joe Batonio play left tackle last night, he owned left tackle last night, PFF grade of 91 and a half. Um, so yes, Joe Batonio is just that dude. Um, the Donovan Peoples-Jones drop early in the game, you know, going to take something away from that. Um, we'll see how the kicker situation is going to be looked at this week. You got a difficult spot there, but again, you have an extremely short turnaround till you play again on Saturday. Um, you know, questions of whether or not, you know, is Nick Mullins maybe your backup quarterback in Cleveland next year? Certainly possibly could be one of those things. Um, and I think with, you know, the wide receiver position, as much as everybody thinks it, there is no proof. And, you know, it's like we do here all the time. Um, 
It's not about what I believe, Pete. It's about what I can prove. And for Donovan Peoples-Jones, it's not a knock. Um, you know, second-year player. Um, he's grown from year one into year two. There's still potential to grow more. But you know that this wide receiver room needs some serious addressing um, as this team you know, goes further. Um, there is just not enough there. There's just not enough athleticism. And that certainly needs to change. No question about it. Tough loss, 16-14. Um, if you are disappointed with last night's outcome, look, that, that's on you. Um, there has to be a level of expectation for what this team is going through. One other thing, and I wonder if anybody would have the, the stones to do this. John Johnson III was one of the last guys put on the COVID list. I'd love mm-hmm. if we could ask these guys, Pete, what vaccination they got. Because it did seem for me a little strange that one of the guys that returned so quickly was John Johnson the third. Well, yeah. So his agency got in touch with me on this and said he got vaccinated in August. Uh, and I, I guess he's been saying this on social media too, which I'm interested well, I'm, in. I, I wonder if, I wonder if it was sort of directed at me, but yes, John Johnson, the third, um, there was a tweet put out and he kind of, you know, basically rubbed everybody noses in it. And I apologize. I apologize. Um, I know there well, were earlier social was, media posts where we felt it was, you know, him. He was, he had some very, very bizarre thoughts on the whole thing. So, you know, you, uh, you know how we love cryptic social media, Pete. We love it. Well, I mean, they weren't cryptic. I mean, they just said <laughs> weird things. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, my question—if I had a chance to ask John Johnson, I'd be more inclined to be like, "How do you feel about getting vaccinated at this point? Now that it allowed you to sort of come back and play faster." Um, you mentioned Donovan Peoples-Jones. The point I would have with him, and, and he's 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 a roller coaster. In the you know, he's fun. Uh, but it, it, it can be very frustrating is if we're looking just in the division, he's wide receiver four on the Bengals and the Steelers, and he's wide receiver three on the Ravens. And I like his talent. You know, it's somebody going, you have to be done with Donovan Peoples-Jones at this point. He's 22 and he was a six round pick. Um, so, I, you know, he, he, one, he's still growing and he's still figuring this thing out, but my, when you watch how well he played at points, you sit there thinking to yourself, well, what if they get, you know, one of about seven wide receivers seemingly in the first round of the draft uh, that can come in and look ready, capable. And they add another guy and Anthony Schwartz, you know, gets, starts to get out after a season that, that somehow has managed to be disappointing, despite the fact we sort of knew that it was going to be a struggle for him. And if that's the situation where you have a guy who can come in and play well, combined with Donovan Peoples-Jones continuing to grow and Anthony Schwartz being more functional along with the tight ends they have, then that may be enough to be a pretty good passing offense. But uh, my frustrations with the NFL's policy on um, COVID-19 are, are – I've written about them. I, I think the NFL as a league handled this extremely poorly. They adapted to – uh, they adapted late and, and, and ultimately, you know, they made all these changes and then it just turned out to be basically random and they found more positive tests the first day of the new protocol than they, than they did in any other day when, when seemingly the goal was to stop finding positive tests. Okay. No question around it. And uh, certainly been a, uh, a crazy, crazy week. 
plus here in Cleveland, like it always is. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll start to uh, get, you know, things like the head coach in the door and the rest of the boys here and, you know, find a way. That's, I mean, all you can do, find a way. Saturday in Green Bay, Wisconsin against what, and I agree with Pete, um, right now look like the best team in the NFL and the Packers. Tough loss. Uh, Browns now down to seven and seven, which has been a <clears throat> crazy year. Certainly nothing that any of us expected. Um, and you look at an effort last night and, you know, knowing what was going into it. And then you certainly go back to your missed opportunities, whether it was the Chargers, whether it was the Chiefs or other games early in the season where you felt the Browns should have been able to pull it out. But uh, in the end, were unable to. Just, uh, you know, t- tough day, tough day. And, you know, certainly, you know, proud of the effort that was put out by the guys who were out there last night. Um, just sadly fell short and, you know, Raiders have a phenomenal kicker. Browns right now have a kicker that's going through one. Um, so, um, you know, and obviously if you'd gotten that field goal, you wouldn't have been in a position where the game was going to be on the leg of Daniel Carson. The way it worked out, obviously, is, you know, how we ended up where we're here today, 16-14. Browns, losers to the Las Vegas Raiders, currently in fourth place in the AFC North. But one game out as the Browns travel to Green Bay Saturday for Christmas Day against the Packers. He is Pete Smith, Sports Illustrated's Browns Digest. Make sure you're checking everything out. Pete and the team will give you another fantastic week of coverage, podcasts, written work, video work, all that fantastic stuff. Make sure you're checking all that out. Make sure you check out the pod with uh, Pete and Nicole for Pete's sake. Uh, show just continues to get better and better as the weeks go on. So make sure that you have that in your rotation for this week. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, myself at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Make sure you're following over there. The show itself at Locked on Browns. Follow that account. DMs are always open. We appreciate everybody who makes Locked on Browns their first listen day in, day out. Whatever platform you use for your podcast, make sure you're following or subscribe to the Locked on Browns podcast. Uh, five-star ratings, written reviews. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.